0: Welcome to the Mind Suite Podcast presented by The Rambler Project. This is Mental Health Conversation Uncensored. Be sure to subscribe for weekly podcasts and check us out on all social media platforms at The Rambler Project. Now let's get to this interview. Yeah, welcome back. We're back in Victoria Park. We just actually did a previous episode here. I'm yep. not sure which one's to come up first, so maybe this is the first Victoria Park episode. Yeah, but right. uh, we're sitting outside. It's really sunny. Hopefully, Katie, you're not burning.
1: It's, yeah. it's perfect. No, yeah. I need a little more color on there. <laughs> okay. Definitely. I'm good.
0: Yeah, we're back with Katie McClellan. She came on episode 45 and had an amazing story that um, we touched on a lot of things, including addiction and recovery and, you know, the process and your, like, story, which actually a lot of people commented on, just saying how amazing it was, and Aww. they wanted to hear you again. Thank so you. here you are. And, um, yeah, we're going to be back. We're going to have a conversation just about a couple of those things and go from there. Of course, Matt is here, too. I feel like I leave him out sometimes. Beautiful I, get, day. I get excited. The sun like, is shining. You guys done. <laughs>
2: on this beautiful friday so i can't complain yeah i mean we i'm just happy to have you back on we were just talking earlier before we actually started recording and just kind of see how your year was uh you know navigating through this pandemic so it's uh, it's good to hear that you're you know in good spirits and with everything in mind and i'm just happy to have you on today
0: yeah things are opening up too which is good for you as katie's the owner of deluso yoga studios
1: Yeah, we open up in two days and I have mixed feelings about it. Of course, I'm excited to see everybody in person again, but it is it's, you know, from our staff perspective we have to laugh a little bit it feels like a little bit of a joke the universe is playing on us because (laughs) we're literally opening during the slowest hottest month of the year for a hot yoga studio to open so it feels (laughs) like this really big anticlimactic our doors are open and there's two people in the room you know but hopefully we're already seeing a lot of online signups I think people are eager to get back into the studio even people that like the heat, it's not the same doing it out under the blazing sun as yep. it is doing it in the infrared heated room. So, you know, we're going to go through August with a couple of classes a day. And then after Labor Day weekend is when we're really going to oh get God. going with a full schedule. Yeah. So it's like a soft opening, I would almost call it.
0: Yeah, I can attest to that being in, in those classes, being in there through the summer. It's completely different. And also doing yoga teacher training through Katie and De La Soul. That's something kind of like I want to talk about, too, because it's like that's kind of been your life. And that's kind of taken over your life. And anyone who listened to your story previously, which I'm sure a lot of people listen to this, will have listened to that. Um, and just how big of a role that plays in your life. And my question for you is, like, why yoga? Like, why, like, the energy you put into this, helping other people, teaching other people, sharing it with other people, um, like running that training program to try and teach teachers Mm -hmm. um, like off the top of your head like why why yoga literally
1: so from a teacher training perspective I'm so passionate about facilitating the course because for me when I was 18 years old teacher training was hands down the most life-changing experience that I had ever had and continues to be like in the top five you know most transformative experiences that I've ever had And the reason for this was uh, because I was struggling with depression. I was struggling with anxiety. My mom had been a lifelong yoga practitioner. I saw that, you know, she, she was different than the other parents I knew. She seemed to have more wisdom, more grace. I thought, how is she embodying these qualities? And it was through her dedicated yoga practice. So I had no intention of becoming a yoga teacher whatsoever. That was not on my mind at all. But I wanted to do a yoga teacher training simply to dive deep into the practice so that I could use the tools of breath and movement and energy work and meditation to try to figure my own shit out, to try to get through the depression, the anxiety, cultivate some self love, um, get some clarity about my life's direction and, um, you know, my, my initial teacher training that I went to was only 40 hours long and yet it was long enough. Like that week, that seven days of my life was enough to completely change my life. And so for me to be able to facilitate that experience for other people yep. is incredibly exciting and it's, it, it never stops being fulfilling. I've had, I think, 30 groups go through the training at this point. Over 400 people. And Dan, you just did the course. And I'm sure you can always feel my excitement when I'm teaching.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's the thing. I can see in your smile right now and never mind you as a teacher. It could be, a, it was a Sunday and it's like pouring rain. You're looking around like through the Zoom, we're on Zoom, the Zoom boxes and everyone's just so like drained it seems from whatever <laughs> whatever life's from. whether they have kids. And or, I'm like, and Katie And yeah. yeah, Katie's literally just like beaming light. <laughs> like, And it's just like, that's what I was like, what, like how, like how is this? But obviously just because it's that passion and like you just know like all the feeling we had when we walked away from that program, like how you see everybody, how they changed and how like full of life they were. And also I think it's just what you learn, right? Like. And you just want to share that with other people. So it was cool to see her as you like, she's like, everyone's so down. She's like, let's go. Sunday morning. Hopefully
1: not in like an annoyingly perky way. No, no, no. But just in in a genuine, you know, because ultimately yoga teacher training isn't, it turns out it's not really about mastering the poses, it really almost has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the inward journey and you know, you, you get uncomfortable. You get uncomfortable in the poses. You get uncomfortable in a group setting. You get uncomfortable having to speak and find your voice in a group setting. Um, you know, you question your competency. You question uh, your your validity and your value in yourself. Like, do I deserve to be here? What, what was I thinking? Why am I even doing this? And then I handhold you through that process of personal development and self-growth And when you come out of it at the end, you're a stronger person, you're a more, a a truer version of yourself. And really the yoga is almost just uh, an, not an afterthought. Like secondary
2: in a way? it, It
1: is, it is. And it's like if you go on to teach yoga, great, that's sort of a bonus of doing the teacher training course. I almost liken teacher training to going to rehab. Like I joke that everybody should go to rehab if they have the chance because going away for 28 days. And I think I might have mentioned this in the initial podcast we did, but getting to spend 28 days. On yourself and yep. talking about your feelings and, you know, doing like gardening and working with clay and having a structured schedule. I mean, it was so nourishing for me and it just grounded me and it, it like it was like a reset button, you know, and I feel like teacher training does the same thing for people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so Dan,
2: you're uh, one of those students, so yeah, no, does it have uh, that like effect she, for you. She like she's putting on the Katie's putting on the spot right could,
0: now. We could go anywhere. I with, know
1: it did. We could Dan. go anywhere
0: with this point, but Katie said something like it kind of sums up. It sums up yoga, but also sums up. I think even like you're my past year, Matt. The word uncomfortable and the importance of yep. being uncomfortable. Like I remember when we all started yoga teacher training. We we're all sitting there and meeting each other for the first time. And there was like 12 of us or whatever, and this was in the studio, and we had to teach. Like you wanted to see everyone's start point. And I'll never forget. I thought to myself, like, what the like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, what? <laughs> right. Like, like right. Well, I can't do that. Like, these guys are ex- so. It, it, but it, it just something things. So like, you and I, Matt, stepping in the ice bath. Like you and like just doing right. these things. And, and Katie and know you talked about this when you came on. It's just like how you find yourself like the the gains you make as a person comes in being uncomfortable so i think yoga as a whole like in that practice i'll never forget doing it for the first time i did it for rehab my hip and i'm like still asking myself what am i doing here that turned into me asking myself what am i doing here so it's just like it's funny because it's like i'm looking at how i'm evolving as a person as i'm still asking that question what am i doing here but i'm uncomfortable and i'm building so it, i think that's it sums up yoga because you're doing these poses but you're diving deep into your body then you're you're learning things about yourself and you're solving these problems within you so I think like that word uncomfortable is something I want to talk about like as a whole, right? Yeah, like you're, you're
1: developing equanimity, which means the ability to stay still and relaxed and non-reactive in the face of discomfort. And yeah. that, you know, life from the minute we wake up in the morning till the minute we go to bed, we encounter multiple uncomfortable situations yep. and we usually react with either impatience or we lash out at somebody, or we check out and we daydream, we go onto autopilot. I mean, I'm speaking from experience as a human that struggles just like everyone else day to day with um, being the best version of myself possible. And so I use my time on the yoga mat, you know, to get into this warrior two position where my legs are burning, my heart rate is up, my arms are tired, all I wanna do is, you know, shake it off, right? But the, the practice is asking me, no, stay still. In fact, go a little deeper into it. Get a little more uncomfortable. But then relax your gaze. Relax your, your breath. Relax your mind. Don't try so hard. Don't struggle so much. And just be peaceful within the discomfort. And that is a hugely transferable skill into daily life.
2: Yeah. I think that's something I need to learn, like from a personal standpoint, because what you said about being still and kind of being in the moment, per se. Uh, is like my biggest issue is that in Omar Testus, I guess we had on brought up a really good point about mental reps uh, because he was talking about cannabis use and anytime he had like a thought of trying to use it he'd try and catch himself and how many times a day he was trying to tell himself to saying no and kind of almost like you know when you're bench pressing you're counting how much weight I can do he was like okay Monday I told myself 20 times and then like say back Friday only came up into my mind 10 times so it's like it's almost like I'm teaching my brain to kind of stop putting those thoughts into my head and I guess for me it was like, I noticed this yesterday when I'm running the stairs and I'm like, okay, I'm here for 30 minutes to work out. I'm telling myself beforehand, that's what I'm going to do. But while I'm halfway through, I'm like, hey, shoot, I got to go home, wash the dishes. I got to go home and clean the cat's Which litter. Which
1: somehow seems appealing compared to climbing stairs. Exactly,
2: <laughs> right? Exactly, right? But it's like, it's like I'm catching myself now, because when he brought that concept up to me, it's like, I need to try and learn. And it's not just stairs, right, working out. It's just like, stay in the moment and the task that I'm doing. Because when I start getting caught up in every other thing I have to do that day, that I kind of get anxious, I get anxiety, I get depressed. I'm like, how am I going to finish every task that I'm trying to think when I can't even finish the one in front of me right now?
1: Yeah, it really is like flexing a muscle and yeah. building that resiliency and making certain things non-negotiable in your life, not in a rigid way, but in a like things that nourish you have to be non-negotiable. Um, And, you know, I know you're going to be interviewing meditators. And so there's probably going to be a lot of discussion around this whole thing of staying still within discomfort. But I know, Dan, originally you had asked me to talk a little bit about movement and what movement means to me. And I would love to speak a little bit about my journey around movement. First of all, I'm so grateful that I have an agile, capable, healthy body, especially with all of the drug use that I did. Anything could have happened. I could have had a stroke an aneurysm. I could have died. You know, my, my mother-in-law has ALS. She's in a wheelchair. She's been in a wheelchair for over 20 years. So I'm always reminded, you know, when I see her, it's a reminder to me, Katie, just be grateful that you have legs that, you know, that you can walk with and and so on. So I want to start with that. But, um, just like many women, um, many girls, Growing up, I was so critical of myself. I hated my body. I felt fat. I read all of those magazines that were constantly feeding me messages about how to lose weight and how to get the guy. And like, I didn't really, my parents and myself, we didn't really realize how absolutely toxic those magazines are, especially for a young girl's brain, like that messaging coming in. And I would devour those magazines, right? And somehow I managed to convince my parents when I was 12 years old that I needed to go on Nutrisystem, which was a weight loss program. Yeah. And I, I wasn't overweight. I maybe had five extra pounds on me. I've never been like a waif, a skinny girl. And But I, I guess I pitched it to them really, really well. And against their better judgment, they took me to the program. And I ended up doing these diet programs one after the other, trying to lose weight. <laughs> one funny story is... Uh, like they would give you your seven days' worth of food at the beginning of the week, and I was given like this tiny hot dog to eat every day for seven days and on my first day of the diet, I ate all seven hot dogs, <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't have any lunch for the rest of the week. they were so small, like honestly the all seven like of those of little of were,
2: like lunch pack like hot yes. dogs the the lunchable, lunchable. The lunchable hot dogs
1: yes, and it was horrible and i and it and it just led me into more and more um Hatred of my body and my weight and wishing I look like a model and all of this bullshit. And so the, what I'm getting to here is that the reason why I started moving my body was to lose weight, you know. And I would exercise for hours and hours on end and, and burn myself out. And then I would binge after because I'd be so hungry from okay. over-exercising. You know, I wasn't thinking about the fact that I don't have small bones. I'm, I'm a bigger boned person I was never going to get this body that I wanted through. It didn't matter how much I exercised. So I used exercises like a self-flagellation, like literally whipping myself, you know. And then it segued into yoga. And I found Ashtanga yoga, which was a very athletic style of practice, which is really what hooked me initially. Because I wanted the strength. I wanted the sweat. I wanted to work hard. But I brought that same level of self-criticism into the practice initially for the first few years, using it simply for like trying to get toned and fit. And I ended up injuring myself, and you know, I could tell the story on and on. But really, ultimately, through many, many years of dedicating myself to yoga practice, I finally was able to cross over into that place where my yoga practice is simply for the purpose of celebrating my body's ability to move and the exercise that I do, which is running the stairs, I do some weightlifting, and my yoga is simply for my mental health. Yep. Like, I can truly say that. I, I don't care anymore what it does really for my weight. And the irony is, is that my weight is that the best place it's ever been in my whole life without me obsessing over it funny
2: how life works like that right it's
1: so crazy it feels like the minute I let go of that obsession and I started moving my body because I realized you know what I actually feel a lot better mentally after I exercise sometimes I hate the exercise itself but afterwards I like it's hands down I always feel better I can't think of one time I've exercised where I felt worse after So that became my priority and that's why I move and why I exercise and that's why I love the movement aspect of yoga is, yeah, it flushes out the nervous system. God, it's like taking an inner shower, you know, you just shake out all the muck and the shit in your head and the emotional stuff you're holding on to and you walk out feeling so much better. And if you end up with a strong, flexible, fit body in the process, then that's a bonus you know
0: yeah i think we talked about too we have had a lot of people come on and they literally say moving their body whatever that may be a walk a workout a yoga practice is so game-changing i think a lot of people are they looking for something because it's like their other like phase i think they're too lazy oh i don't have the time oh i don't have this or that but it's like movement can be all different for everybody but it, it is so important to your mental health and if it can be a physical bonus as well then once you have that strong mental being then you work on that physical side like for example omar came on he's like I can literally change a bad day from a good nature walk Mm -hmm. you know Matt you can like you can attest to this like goes he goes and runs the stairs it clears his head or you go to the gym it clears your head like for me I do a yoga practice I just I walk out of there a completely different person so it looks different in all different ways shapes or forms but it it has the same effect right it's just move your body and you're giving love to these spots that you neglected right and it kind of helps cleanse a lot of things like what you said.
1: Yeah, and you've always heard the advice, you know, find an activity you enjoy. And it was always like, yeah, yeah, you know, (laughs) I got to do my sit-ups, whatever. But that really is the key. Find something that you enjoy or that you at least initially something you don't despise, you know. (laughs) Like, I hate running. I will never be a runner, and I've made peace with that. Yeah, I don't have the body for it. Like, I'm a climber. Um, But walking, great example. Um, And I know a lot of people over COVID became really passionate, committed walkers. And when somebody says they're too tired to exercise, sometimes what they don't realize is that it's mental fatigue. It's mental exhaustion. Even if they have like a physical job, like they're a server, right? And they're running from table to table. They're not actually physically exhausted. Their nervous systems are frayed. Their minds are exhausted. But if they get out there and they move in like a symmetrical, intentional way, like walking or swimming or yoga, sometimes when I'm the most exhausted, I have the best yoga practices because I realized what my body and my nervous system really needed was movement and sweat. It didn't need rest. It didn't need to lay on the couch and watch a movie and... Perseverate, you know, in my head on whatever thoughts were draining me. It needed to get out there and move. So I would encourage anybody that feels too tired to exercise to get out there and even just do a walk, right? Walk around the block. Swing your arms when you're walking, breathe deeply. You don't have to be like a mall like speed walker. (laughs) Although my friends and I, you know, we're all in our mid 40s now and we all joke that that's what we're turning into because we have like fanny packs and like (laughs) sneakers that aren't even cool. And then we try to pick up our pace, you know, to get more steps in. So we're all just like mall walkers. But the reason why I say swing your arms is because it like jostles the skeleton back into an optimal position. Like, get a good, powerful stride going, breathe, and just go around the block, and you will feel noticeably better.
2: I think, too, that, too, also a big misconception is when you say the word exercise, if you ask probably everyone walking through this park, the first thing they're going to say is, like, going for a run lifting weights stuff like that right so people don't really realize to what you guys are alluding to and to what i've found over actually over covid and is walking is a form of exercise or movement and if you look at it from that lens like oh okay if you mentally can tell yourself hey after a long day of mental fatigue phys- physical fatigue if i can go on like a 10 minute walk I've done something physical. I've done some form of exercise and if I can build on that each day that I'm 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 you know I'm moving every day and I'm feeling good about it, right? And I think mental fatigue too was something that like really hit home because I remember its bad example because like when I was training high level basketball you suck you just you don't you're not physically fatigued it's all mental right but it it, but but it's the it's the ideology of where like when you think you're physically fatigued you if you initially stop right but then it's like if you mentally trying to push through and do one extra thing or do and do another rep or do another set or after a long day of serving like our our friend matt does going for a walk and stuff like that right it's like if you can mentally if you can mentally get over that hump it'll
0: be more beneficial for you i heard a really good quote i want to share exercise isn't always speeding up a lot of times exercise is slowing down and that's, I think it's just so true. I heard that quote and blew my mind because of how fast all of our lives are, how busy we are in quotations, how we're chasing, putting on fires all day. The exercise a lot of the time now, so she's older, it lo- what it looks like is slowing down your walks, your yoga practices, right? Your like your meditations. Yeah. So. It,
1: and it's slowing down the mind. So even if your body's moving quickly, right? Even if you're running, the mind is becoming calmer. And more spacious, you know, so many forms of exercise really are a a form of meditation, you know, but yeah, I, it's coming back to your point about, you know, the, the training and then being told like, it's just mental push through. Of course, there is that piece of like burnout and overtraining, right? But most of the, most of us are not overtrained, right? That's sort of like more of a... um, Like, if you've you've got generally good nutrition, you've got to be a pretty high-level athlete to reach the point of true overtraining. But um, sometimes what I do at the end of my classes is I tell people, okay, for this last sun salutation or this last vinyasa, I want you to move through it as if it were the very last time you were ever going to get the chance to do this in your whole life. And it's amazing how instead of people going like, oh, one more, you know, (laughs) flow for fuck's sake like i'm exhausted Kitty, shut up. yeah yeah like they're they're like oh my god all of a sudden you see everybody stand taller they're brighter they're present and they're like let's do this it's like the last time i raise my arms the last time i fold forward because the truth is it could be the last time none of us know what's around the corner or yeah. what's coming and like if we have legs that function and work why wouldn't you go for a walk, you know? Why wouldn't you show appreciation for your body? We, we take it for granted and not only that, we're actually incredibly critical and harsh towards our bodies. And yet one day maybe we won't have full use of our bodies and then we would give anything to go back, you know, to where we are now. So don't take it for granted and keep things moving. Don't just live from the neck up. You've got to live in the body as well.
0: I like that. That's a good way to f- end up, end a little bit here. That's a good way, good quote to, to have. Unless anyone else has anything else they want to share, Katie, you're mad, or no, if you want well, to pe- leave people off with. or Katie's original episode, episode 45, I just want to remind people, um, as well as De La Soul Yoga. Check it out.
1: Yeah, thanks, Dan. Thank you guys so much for having me. I, I love chatting with you about all these kinds of things sure. and sharing them with the public. Because I've been practicing yoga for 27 years. So I've had a lot of epiphanies along the way. And I would love to save people the time and the energy and the struggle and the suffering, you know, that it might take to reach some of these epiphanies and just like give it to them, you know. So again, they can sort of start from that place and then go further than I've gone in the span of their lifetime, Um, you know, in terms of self-knowledge and just realization about life itself, um, but, Dan, c- again, congratulations on completing your teacher training.
0: It was the teacher. It was the teacher's teaching. He's
1: he's an amazing teacher. He's got a great voice, right? And that goes a long way. And <laughs> and he truly loves the practice. Yeah. And people that really get a lot of enjoyment from the practice make the best teachers. So I'm excited wow, for you. what <laughs> the future holds for you. Yeah. I think
2: yeah. that's most important. And like to what you said to end off there is um i think your experiences is what helps students like dan and others in the class mm-hmm. it's like you said you're preparing them hey i've been through x y x a to z actually in my lifetime and i want to preface that like this is what i've experienced so hopefully that you guys don't go that down that same path and the passion i can see the passion Like i can see in your your yeah. smile and your face and your expression right and, and i think that's why individuals like dan who take that class are so you Know thankful that they, you're the teacher, right?
0: Yeah, life experience makes really good teachers 100%. So right? well, it's
1: a win win, it's like an energy back and forth. So, you know,
0: yeah, thank Katie. Thanks again. Yeah, Enjoy thank the rest you of your you day. day so much. Thanks, thanks Katie. Yeah,